love it. Well, this morning I wanted to speak a message entitled, Running in Such a Way to Win. Running in Such a Way to Win. I love the Apostle Paul and I love the way that he lived his life in such a way to do all that he could to live a disciplined, purposeful life, to run in such a way that he could win. Now, we know the reality of the Christian life is that there are wins and losses. There are highs and lows. There are good seasons and there are bad. We're not saying that you become a Christian and then all of a sudden you just win everything. You win your 100-meter race at school. You win at work and then win the competition for the employee of the month. You win all the things, the competitions that you enter. That's not what happens when you become a Christian. We have our highs and lows just like everybody else, but it's not just about winning, it's running in such a way to win. In fact, it says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. In other ways, in other words, have the kind of run, the kind of stride that has a purpose about it. Have the kind of lifestyle that is disciplined in such a way that you live your life according to the purposes of God and live your life in such a way that you are applying the Word of God and living as God has called you to live. That we wouldn't just receive our ticket to heaven, And just do a a mere jog through this earth. But we would use all that we had. We'd pour our lives out so that we could be an example to others. We'd pour our lives out so that we could reach other people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We would pour our lives out to do all that we could so the kingdom of God could move forward. God loves to use us. He loves to use people to show the love of Christ. He loves to use us to see his church build and grow, but it takes us understanding it's a sacrificial life. It's us laying down our life, the grace and the love of Jesus Christ, the forgiveness of God has been given to us. It's poured out over our lives. We don't need to do anything to earn God's approval or earn God's love. We don't run in such a way to be able to try and get the hand of God to be upon us. It is already upon us. We run in such a way because we want to live the disciplined, purposeful life that God has called us to live. I remember when I was about in year six at school, and I was at a small primary school, Singleton Christian College, and we had this athletics carnival. And we decided between about five of us who were in this race, that's all there were in this 800 meter race, one of the guys decided that why don't we just run together around the track and then we will just like link in arm in arm and we'll come through and we'll all get equal first. And we'll see what the teachers then do, whether they lead us on to zone in the next carnival because we all ran the race together. And so the guy that kind of organized it and done that, he kind of got us all together. He was in the middle and we started to run around this track. We ran around together and it's like, oh, that's cute. Look at these little kids running around the track together and doing this and got around the 400 meters up to about 600 meters. And then we come to about the last 10 meters of the race. And that kind of competitive nature starts to kind of develop and starts to come to the surface. And the guy that had organized for us to run together breaks away. (laughs) 
he breaks away from everyone else and he sees his moment. He, this guy wasn't an athlete. He wasn't somebody that was going to win any of the other competitions or any of the other races on the day. But in this moment, he saw his opportunity to win. And so he broke away. And in that last 10 minutes, he broke away and got the victory in that 800 meter race. The rest of us maintained our composure and came equal second. <laughs> and he broke away and won. But there was a difference in stride from him to us. So we were just kind of puttering along, just kind of jogging around. But when he started to break away, there was a purposefulness about that breakaway. There was a stride. There was an effort that was put into it. There was a him pulling away and we are trying to hold him back. But he was still pulling away and he got through and he got the victory. And I guess what I'm saying this morning is we can easily plot along in our Christian experience. We can easily go through the motions of doing church. We can easily go through the motions of being fed by good podcasts, being fed by a preacher, being fed by all of these things, or knowing we have our ticket to heaven, knowing that we have a surrounded by good things in our life. But there is a purpose that God has uniquely designed for you. There is things that God's called you to achieve. He wants to see you move forward and win and live the purposeful life that he's called you to live. But we have to make the decision whether we are going to, to live that way or not. See, I notice in this world today we can either watch or we can win. So you realize we've become a generation that loves to watch. We love to watch Netflix or Stan or TV. We love to watch people on Facebook or Instagram. We love to watch YouTube. In fact, kids these days, what they love to do is they love to watch other kids playing with toys on YouTube. That's literally what they do. So they watch other kids play. It's become this kind of crazy experience where we spend so much time watching. We watch people uh, do sport on television screens. We watch in stadiums where thousands of people gather to watch the people that are on the field do the sport. We watch so many things. And I guess the temptation is for us to watch other people win in the Christian faith, to watch other inspirational heroes and champions and churches and, and great ministries move forward and do great things for God. And we can get so absorbed by that that we just find ourselves just watching everybody else live in revival, watching other people succeed, looking back on the great revivals that have gone past or the great things that have happened in the past or look, reading books about it instead of experiencing it for ourselves. We can experience the presence of God. We can experience a relationship with God where there is such an intimacy and closeness with God that we start to be guided and led by His voice that we can do incredible things. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things for God. See, I read some statistics the other day on some averages of the different screen times that we can spend. On average, this is a global average, screen time on smartphones is an average of three hours a day. The average Netflix subscriber spends two hours a day using the service. The average adult spends four hours a day watching TV. Over 65-year-olds spend an average of over six hours a day watching TV. 42% of Australians agree they like to surf the internet while watching TV, <laughs> including almost two-thirds of 14 to 34-year-olds. 
In other words, while you're watching TV, you're also watching a screen, probably looking at social media or looking at YouTube videos, so you've got double screens happening. I have a feature on my uh, TV at home where I can play the Xbox, but I can also have a picture on picture, so I can also watch the cricket in the top corner of my screen as well while I'm playing the Xbox. We are so inundated with screens and viewing and being able to watch and have so much resource in the day and age that we live. We are consumed with content. There is so much content for us to consume. It's easier to watch than it is to win. It's easy to watch somebody else get on and do the effort and and go through all the hard work that they need to go to for that moment where they perhaps win a gold medal. It's easy to watch that 30-second moment on a TV. But there has been a whole bunch of effort that's gone into that. The hard mornings, the training, the food, the diet that's required to be able to achieve that. All that they had to do to win was a disciplined life. But yet we just are so enamored with just watching it. We love to watch the highlights and just the special moments. Can I encourage you, if you want to live a life that you're going to win, it's not just about watching on. It's about living the life God's called you to live. It's about getting in the Word of God and praying and spending time with God, allowing the power of God to move through your life. And you're not just watching it anymore. You are experiencing God. You're not just watching church. You are part of the church. How can I serve and build and and be part of this place and see it move forward? I'm not just here to watch. I'm here to see the kingdom of God win. See, church is a place to belong, not just watch on. Faith is a thing, not just to watch on. Love is a thing, not just to watch on and see. Commitment is not just a thing that we watch and see others do. Building relationships is not just something we look and watch on as other people do it. It's a personal choice that we make. There is a difference between watching and winning. I love Rick Godwin. He said this, the modern mind is like the modern diet. Number one, too much consumption. Number two, not enough digestion. And number three, even less exercise. We're too bloated to move anywhere. And isn't that true? We can spend so much time absorbing knowledge and listening to different things, but how much of it do we apply? We can listen to some of the greatest speakers in our world today on podcasts, and they're incredible communicators. We can listen to them time and time again. We can listen to hours of people speaking about God, speaking about intimacy with God, speaking about the miracles of God, but we cannot experience it for ourselves. We can be so absorbed with all of that, but not actually winning personally. I love that Christianity is a personal thing, not just a corporate thing. It's not just signing up to be part of an organization called City Church. It's been part of the body of Christ. It's each one of us connected to Christ in a personal way. That is the power of the church. Not our traditions and not our our cultures and the things that we just do out of routine. It's our personal relationship that makes us relevant. Our personal relationship with Jesus. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says it this way, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance 
the race marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. See, we go to sporting events and we, we watch our team win and we say, we won. The game finishes and we come away and we say, we won today. We're wearing all the gear. We're excited. We go home. We won. We won. You didn't win anything. You might have won the pie eating contest as you were sitting there watching on. But you didn't win. You didn't win the football game or the cricket match. You didn't win any of those things from you just being in the, in the crowd. You watched. Those people that were on the field, they know the true celebration of victory because they know the hard work and the commitment that went into it and it's the same when it comes to our christian faith i don't want to be airy fairy i don't want to just be surface level where i have an understanding of god just merely from attending services or listening to podcasts i want the kind of experiential relationship with jesus where i learn to win for myself I learned how to live for God as a disciple of Jesus Christ for myself. I just want to hear the stories in the gospel without seeing that start to outplay in my life. I don't want to just hear about the miracles and the way that incredible exploits and things happen. I want to understand that God could use me in that way. In this day and age, God could do miracles and could do something powerful today. So if you've got your Bibles, come with me to this key passage this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 19 says this. Paul speaking, he says, Though I am free and belong to no one, I have made myself a slave to everyone, to win as many as possible. To the Jews, I become like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like the one under the law, though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law, I became like one not having the law. Though I am not free from God's law, but under Christ's law. So as to win those that are not having the law. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means I might save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever therefore i do not run like someone running aimlessly i do not fight like a boxer beating the air no i strike a blow to my body and make it to be my slave so that after i have preached to others i myself will not be disqualified for the prize amen do you believe that for your life this morning? I want to speak just quickly about five choices we make to win and not just watch. The first one's this, number one. Number one, choose genuine connection over merely viewing content. 
As I've already spoken about, there's so much content that we can consume. We can hear all about God, but there's something different about knowing God personally. We can hear the stories. We can hear about the incredible ministries. We can consume incredible content, and that is fantastic. But it means nothing if it's just knowledge and it's not applied to our life. We can come to church service after church service after church service, but if it never becomes personal and real for us, if it never takes us outside of leaving this building and is still applicable to us and is still personal to us, then it's going to have no power in our life. I don't want to just have the form of Christianity. I want to have the power of God working through my life. I don't just want to know all the right things to say. I want to know God personally. I want to be the kind of person that is genuine and real. I love in this passage where it talks about, though I am free, I belong to no one. It says, to the weak I became like to the weak. I become all things to all people so that by all means possible I might save some. In other words, what Paul is saying here is I wanted it to be real and I wanted it to be relational. I wanted to be able to connect to my world. I want those that are around me to know that there is something different about my life and I'm going to do whatever I can, whatever is possible to get into their shoes so that I can reach them. How many people do we know that are in our workplace or school or university, wherever we may find ourselves through the week that are an opportunity for us to meet, for an opportunity for us to connect with? And can I encourage you to Ask yourself, hey, how can I connect better with these people? How can I take some time here, not just to be able to just know all these, this great content about God, but actually take it and apply it because there is a gospel that people need to experience. There is the love of Christ that is shown through our life as we connect with people, as we love people where they're at right now. God can do something. I love in the New New Living Translation, it says it this way in the same passage. It says, yes, I try to find common ground with everyone. I try to find common ground with everyone, doing everything I can to save some. See, we love to watch Netflix and YouTube and Stan and TV. We love to watch all of these shows and we sit and we watch other people perform and act and and, and achieve their sporting dreams. We watch all of these incredible things happen, but we don't personally know those people. We watch them and we watch how they entertain us, but we're not actually fulfilling anything out of that as we just watch on. And I guess the challenge for us is not just to watch other people be effective and be influential, But ask yourself, how could I be influential? What small decisions could I make each day to genuinely connect with people? It might be a smile. It might be just a word of encouragement. Hey, I like those shoes or something like that. It just might be a small thing, but it's a simple way we could connect with other people. Just a simple way we could say, you know what? I'm going to take my Christian experience beyond the four walls of the church And connect with other people. See, just liking someone's comment on Facebook or Instagram or, you know, if we're really generous, putting a nice comment on it, it's not genuinely connecting with someone. It's just a quick moment. Connection takes work. It takes effort. It takes us going beyond 
just the normal and the natural. I love it says in Proverbs 1 verse 7, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. In other words, if we want to live an effective life, it starts with a connection with God. Not just merely consuming content when it comes to church and sermons and things like that, but actually taking it and connecting with God for ourselves, Allowing the light of the Word of God to be able to transform and change us. You know, it says the Word is a lamp to our feet. It's a guide to our path. And it's the same when it comes to us opening up up the Bible and the Word of God. There is revelation. There is light there. What does light do? Light grows things. It helps things develop. If you want your relationship with God to develop, open the Word of God and allow your relationship with God as you pray and spend time with Him. Allow that to strengthen and grow because when you get the light of the Word of God, it starts to go into dark places and it grows you. It starts to guide your path and light your ways. You speak to people and have conversations. The Word of God, it seasons your words. And you begin to speak to people and opportunities start to come out of that place. Because there is a genuine connection. Because you're not just viewing content anymore. You're connecting. Secondly, this morning, choose a lifestyle of commitment. Over convenience, it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 9.24, Do you know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. See, with the uprising of things like Uber Eats and self-serve checkouts and click and collect and online shopping, it helps us to have so much convenience in our life. And sometimes we take those kind of principles and those things that we experience in our life and we we kind of start to translate that to our christian experience and allow it to warp our our worldview a bit where we start to think that it just means that being a christian is just always about convenience it's always about us just living this simple easy life that's not how Christianity outplays itself. If you look at the Apostle Paul, you can see that he was whipped and beaten and stoned for his faith. He was Ultimately, you look at the disciples, many of them were martyred for their faith. They didn't live an easy life. They lived understanding the grace of God and the love of Jesus Christ that, uh, that compelled them to go out and impact their world. But it was more, it was not easy. It was challenging. It was difficult at times. There was moments where I'm sure there was doubt and fear and they felt like giving up. And I'm sure in this room today, there are many of us at times have felt like there's been challenge and difficult moments where it's hard to continue. And can I encourage you this morning, Christianity just isn't about convenience. It's about commitment. It's about us making the decision to follow Jesus, come the good times, the bad times, and whatever would happen in between. It's about us having that kind of commitment that goes through the seasons. So we walk by faith and not by sight. And that causes us to live differently. See, faith moves the heart of God. I think about my daughter, Georgia, if she's going to just jump off the table, she just believes that I'm going to be there. It causes me to move into action quickly because she will jump without fear. She will jump off while she's laughing off the edge of the table and you've got to dive and grab her. And it's the same when it comes to God. When we take steps of faith, it says without faith, um, it is impossible to please God. 
when we live our life and have an understanding that God's causing us to, calling us to step out in faith and have a commitment of faith, that actually moves the heart of God. When we live with commitments of faith, He does a transformation work on the inside of us. When we start to make decisions like reading the Bible and praying, making church a commitment, when we start to make faith commitments, it does something on the inside of us because it allows God to do the work that only He can do. It allows Him to bring transformation and change as we just apply and understand that commitment to God. Thirdly, this morning... Choose the calling of God over the comfort of coasting. It says in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 25, Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. In other words, there's a a sense of us not just coasting along, but living with a calling. Have you ever been in the shops and you are caught behind somebody that is just dwaddling and they're just walking along so slowly and uh, there's not a gap to kind of be able to get past them and you're just caught behind this slow walker and if you're like me you're just getting more and more frustrated more and more frustrated where is the overtaking lane let me get past this person can you please stop walking so slow or if you want to walk so slow move to the side I need to get past I'm on a mission I've got things to do is that just me why don't we have overtaking lanes in the shopping center I don't know we should bring it in someone get into council and get it sorted for us we need it and we can find ourselves just dwaddling. You know what? Some of us can live our Christian experience like that. We know we're going to heaven and we're just dwaddling along. And I love my church community and it's great. And we can receive all the reward from all of that without actually having the effort and the sacrifice that goes into helping the kingdom of God push forward. And I don't want to just be a consumer. I want to be somebody that's producing. I want to be the kind of person that there, like it talks about in the scripture, where there is fruit that comes out of my life, where I'm connected to God and there is a fruit that's evident in my life, that I, there's a commitment, there's a, there's a stride that I have as I'm living my life in such a way that I'm living out the calling of God and I'm not just coasting. I love in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says, So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. When we work and when we have that understanding of the calling of God for our life, and we don't just coast, but we say, you know what, I want to use my life as a living sacrifice, as Scripture instructs us to live, and we lay our life down for God, and we live for the calling of God, there's something powerful that happens where we stop just coasting, we stop just living for ourselves and living to be comfortable, and we start thinking about others. And I think about this room this morning, it's a bit like what Pastor Bruce Robinson spoke to us about a couple of weeks ago. He spoke increase and expansion over this church and he said, you know what, you're no longer just a church gathering this morning, this is a leadership meeting. And it's true, once we've made a decision to follow Jesus Christ and become a disciple of Jesus Christ, there is a responsibility on us to be able to share this good news of the gospel to those that are outside the walls of this church to take what God has given us and his incredible grace and make sure people find out about it that we wouldn't just coast 
What a tragedy if the church all over the world just decided to coast and stopped living with calling and understanding why we exist on the earth. Fourthly, this morning, choose confidence in God over comparison with others. It goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 26, Therefore I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. How often do we look to the person on our left or our right and we find ourselves comparing with their life and measuring up against them instead of measuring up against who God has called us personally to be? We can find ourselves thinking, well, as long as I'm just a little bit ahead of them, look at how they box, look how they do it. I've got a bit more strength than that. As long as I've got a little bit more than that, then that's okay. We can look at their life and think about just trying to just be ahead of them or ahead of each other. We can find ourselves focusing on each other instead of focusing on what God's called us to do. I love in Galatians 6 verse 4, it says, Each one should test their own actions. Then they can't take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. Romans 12 verse 6 in the message says it this way, Let's just go ahead. And be what we were made to be, without enviously or pridefully comparing ourselves with each other, or trying to be something that we aren't. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and I was listening to a preacher talk about comparison. And as this preacher was talking about comparison, and they were giving incredible illustrations and stories, I was so impressed by this preacher, I started thinking about how I preach compared to how they preach. And I started thinking about, oh, that's incredible. I wish I could do that. I wish I could be more like that. And then I realized and stopped myself, this message is on comparison. And I'm comparing myself to this preacher as I'm listening to them preach about comparison. That's how crazy it was. And that's how crazy comparison is. We find ourselves so often looking at their house, their, their family, their life and think, you know what, that's what I need to be. No, what's God called you to be? There's something unique on the inside of you. There's something special. There's a God shape in you that this world needs. There's a gift on your life that this world needs. I love in Hebrews 10 verse 35, it says, So do not throw away your confidence. It'll be richly rewarded. You notice when a sports star loses their confidence, what usually happens is they lose their rhythm. If they're a batter, they lose their technique. They don't have any rhythm anymore. You can see that they're just out of sorts. If they're, a, uh, if they're playing golf, they, they just don't have that same level of consistency in their swing. That they've, they've lost their rhythm and it can just feel really hard to get that rhythm back. And can I encourage you, if you're in here this morning and you feel like you've lost your confidence, go back to some of those things that help you get your rhythm again. The Word of God, where the promises of God will help you be able to get the rhythm again. Get around good community. Find yourself in a connect group where you'll get around people that will help you get your rhythm again. There'll be an encouragement. Find yourself in a place perhaps where you can serve and contribute and we can find yourself starting to use what you've got not just to consume content, but connect with others. And you find yourself get your rhythm again. It's powerful when the church has confidence and it has rhythm, where every person plays their part. 
We're not comparing with each other and your gift against mine, but we're saying, you know what? We need all of the gifts. How many people this, in this room compared to how many people in the Blue Mountains? We need all of our gifts. We need all of our effort. We need all of us running to win, giving all that we have. Number five, and finally this morning, choose Christ over the cares and concerns of this world. It says in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, now I strike a blow to my body and I make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. You know, Paul could have been completely consumed with the cares and concerns and the burdens and the worries that he had during his life. How much easier did it almost seem like his life was before he encountered Christ and started preaching the gospel? He had kind of notoriety. He was loved by the culture and the people of the day. And then he made a decision to follow Jesus and he was hunted down. He was beaten and tortured. He was stoned. And I'm not talking about drugs. He was a man that was afflicted. He was a man that was under incredible pressure. But yet he always found his way back to focusing on Jesus. He talks about running with endurance. Keep our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. When the cares and concerns of this world seem like they're mounting up, to still find a way to be able to see through and keep our eyes on Jesus. It's just that perspective. I love in Psalm 34 verse 3, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. There's something about that, that when we start to magnify God, Sometimes the cares and concerns that are like holding up in front of us, when we start to lift up our hands, all of a sudden those cares, those concerns, they start to move away. All of a sudden, God gets bigger. His promises gets bigger. What He's spoken over our life gets bigger. What He's called us upwards towards gets bigger. And all of a sudden the challenges that seem so insurmountable, they're not so big anymore. Because you plus God equals the majority. When we focus on Him, it changes things. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for He cares about you. So I guess what I'm encouraging you this morning, church, is let's not be complacent in our running for God. Let's not just jog on and expect someone else to be able to do it. Let's not look at our world today and just Just simply just pray up a nice prayer that someone will come in without actually applying and running to win the lost and engaging people and connecting with people and doing all that we can and trusting God to bring the supernatural, bring the super to our natural experience. Let me finish with this. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 24. I want to read it to you in the Passion Translation this morning. As the team come. Isn't it obvious that all runners... On the racetrack, keep on running to win. But only one receives the victor's prize. Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. 
A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control in order to win a laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise or box like one throwing aimless punches, but I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. Paul's saying here, I don't want to just talk about it. I want to run my race. I don't want to just watch everybody else succeed and watch City Church move forward. I want to run my race. And I pray that that would be your heart this morning. You have a race to run. You have a calling and a purpose that God has given you. So would you stand with me this morning? Lord, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice this morning here in this room or watching on the live stream today. Lord, you've called and set apart every one of us. You've given us a unique calling and gifting, Lord. Help us to run in such a way as to win. Not just for ourselves, but for those that are hurting, for those that are around us that don't know you, Jesus. Help us to live a life that's a life of sacrifice and example, Lord. A life that is purposeful, Lord Jesus. Not just to coast in our Christian experience. Not just to consume all the content without the connection. But Lord, today, let it get a bit more deeper for us. Let us understand your love for us a little bit more. That you are compelling us. Your love that compels us to reach out and to run. Lord, we want to run into our community with this incredible gospel. And we want to tell people about the love of Jesus. And I pray in this place today, Lord Jesus, that any complacency would fall off us and that we would run into your open arms, Lord God. We would run towards relationship with you in a new way, at a new level. That we wouldn't just talk about revival, but we would experience it in our own hearts personally, I pray. We ask it this morning in your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. You know, I want to pray a prayer this morning. Sinner's prayer. And I know we pray this every week, but I know how important this is because we're always wanting people to experience the love of Jesus Christ and to know Him personally. And this race that we're talking about, it starts with relationship with Jesus. Most incredible journey of our life is doing life with Jesus. And so I want to pray this general prayer this morning. And if you know in your heart you need to make a recorrection and come back to God or you need to come to God for the first time this morning. You want to have a relationship with Him. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer after me as we pray it together. Believe it in your heart. And I know God will do something significant and powerful in your life. So let's repeat this after me together, church. Dear Lord Jesus, today I give you my life. For my sins, I'm sorry. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your love for me. Help me to live each day for you and to serve you only. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, if you made that decision this morning, we'd love to 
to give you a Bible and encourage you on that decision. We have a, a welcome lounge that's just out to my left. We'd love to meet you this morning. If you're new or visiting this morning, we'd love to meet you. But I can't think of a better way to finish this morning without worshiping Jesus. As we run our race, let's allow our eyes and attention to be on Jesus. Come on, let's worship him today.